This is the Woodland Hills Family Church Podcast. Our desire is to inspire you and your family to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Now enjoy today's message with Shay Robbins. Today, the title of our message is The Power of Encouraging Words. We're going to talk about what it looks like to be a body of Christ that lifts each other up in such a way that it causes us to grow and it draws others into the fold. Um, as you guys know, we've had like 75 degree weather for the last week. How great has that been? Wow. Thank you, Lord. Three years ago, it was like living in Phoenix. Then uh, two weeks ago, it was like living in Seattle. This week, it's like Denver. And probably next week, it will be like uh, the armpit of Florida. It's the, the blessing of living in the Ozarks. We get it all, do we not? Uh, I was just at our farm this morning, and everything is super lush and green. It looks absolutely beautiful, and I'm reminded, like, this is the season to get out there and cut some grass and plant some flowers, and it's kind of funny. You guys might, might not know this, but my wife, Ashley, happens to be the green thumb in our family. She's got all kinds of plants growing inside, and green is a part of her color palette, and I just... I almost don't care. I enjoy it, but I just don't apply myself to it. And the funny thing about that is, is that I have a degree in environmental horticulture. (laughs) I don't know how this happened. About all I do with it now is is just ride the mower, you know, and cut the grass. Uh, How many of you guys have the touch of death with plants out there? Oh boy, there's a bunch of you. Well, from all of my experience, I recommend you try out succulents, Okay. (laughs) There's only three things you need to do with a succulent, those, those uh, of you who are like slayers of plants, is number one, you give it a name, like Steve or Rhonda. Number two, you water it once a month. Can you do that? And then number three, you just give it some, you know, affirming, encouraging words on the way out the door each morning. Doing great, Steve. And, and you too can have a healthy houseplant. Um... To open up, I've got kind of a fun video. It's a, it's a green thumb video. And um, the reason I want to share it with you is, is, actually, why don't you go ahead and play it, Katie, and I'll explain it. But uh, this is a video of seeds. They're germinating. And as they grow up, the light source is coming from one angle. And as you guys know, the sun is a source of energy. And through photosynthesis, plants create food, and then they can grow up and be strong and healthy. And in this video, you see what's called phototropism, which means that the light source is coming from one specific angle, and the plant is adapting by growing its cells larger on one side of the plant in order to come towards the sun, its source of life and energy. And as we talk about encouragement here today, um, encouragement has a very, is a very similar source, or a force, rather. Your encouragement is like the sunlight. When, when you sh- share encouragement with people, they will draw near to you, and it will cause them to grow. And what we want to do this morning is, number one, is I want to give you the why. Why should you equip yourself as an encourager I want to give you the what. What does God's word say about it? And then the how. How do we go about it? What are just some practical ways to become great encouragers in our life? 
And in the context of the church, God does some really amazing things through encouragement. And I want to start with a text from Ephesians chapter 4. Um, Paul's writing the Ephesians and he says, As a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about in every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of people, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, that is Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So even greater than what we saw in phototropism, phototropism actually is not the optimal way to grow a plant. The optimal way to grow a plant is to receive sunshine from all angles. So grow up strong, proper, have a strong stem and strong structure. And, and the church is set up in this context to be more like a greenhouse. A greenhouse is a controlled environment where plants receive the optimal amount of light, nutrients, and, and water. And in that setting, they grow and they flourish. And so it is with the people of God. In the context of a church, in this local community, this body of believers, we each work together taking our gifts, and as we shine light from all these different angles, if we do that in a healthy way, it causes the optimal amount of growth. Isn't that cool? Now, specifically, uh, Paul, he's, he was writing about spiritual gifts before this, and each one of us, after receiving Christ to come into our life as our Lord and Savior, we receive the Holy Spirit, and with the Holy Spirit comes a spiritual gift or a set of gifts that are very specific. And, and there's a couple different places in Scripture where we can create these lists and find out what all these gifts are, but one of them happens to be encouragement. So there may be, may be people in your life who are just super skilled encouragers, in fact, there's some people in this church that, that I benefit from their gift. One of them is Rex Childress, one of our care pastors. Whenever I'm around Rex, he is building me up. He is just such a gifted encourager. encourager. When I'm around him, I feel like I'm floating on clouds. Another person is Leah Johnson. If you don't know Leah Johnson, um, she works over with our elementary kids over here. And uh, she's the one who's dressed up like a candy cane or a unicorn or a snowman, okay? She's just out there on the front deck in some crazy costume. And you, you have an interaction with Leah and you can't be helped but filled with joy. She's like sunshine. She brightens your day. And another one I thought of is Doug Gabriel. Whether it's in the church or going around, you know, rubbing elbows in the community, whenever I'm around Doug, I can't even like get words out of my mouth before he's building me up. He's just a skilled encourager. And what I want you guys to hear this morning is that, yes, those people, they have a very specific encouragement gifting. But encouragement, just like a lot of the other gifts of teaching or service or administration, like these are all things that every Christian can do and they can put them in their toolbox, they can be a tool that they pull out and they use skillfully to help build up the body of Christ. As you read throughout scripture, uh, there's one person in particular who is known for being encouraging. And his name is Barnabas. 
And it's really kind of interesting because if you look at the, all of the text throughout scripture that was about Barnabas, you're going to find about that much about his life. Just probably a collection of verses that talk about Barnabas. And yet he was such a magnificent encourager that he was known for it. In fact, Barnabas isn't even his real name. His name was Joseph. But Barnabas was a nickname, which means the son of encouragement. And I want to read you a scripture about Barnabas from the book of Acts. And here's what I want you to know about this scripture is that you and I can actually personalize it. The description that Luke gives Barnabas is a description that you and I, as we mature in our faith, we can live towards. It can be a description that could be applied to anybody's life who's sitting in here today. Here's what it says in chapter 11. Then, when he arrived and witnessed the grace of God. So Barnabas is showing up on the scene where a bunch of believers are growing in their faith. He rejoiced and he began to encourage them all with a resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. Here's the description. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and considerable numbers were added to the Lord that day. So, uh... Barnabas is really just an example of what it looks like to be encouraging. Um, on the first missionary journey that Paul took, he brought Paul or he brought Barnabas and a guy named John Mark. And they were on this journey together. And at some point, John Mark decided that he was going to stop traveling with Paul. And it really upset Paul. And right before they set out on the second missionary journey... Saul and Barnabas had a disagreement about bringing John Mark with them. In fact, their disagreement was so strong that they decided to depart and go two different paths. And so Barnabas went and he took John Mark and they went on their own missionary journey. Well, what's so cool about that is that as John Mark's faith grew, and I just, I just picture Barnabas being who he was, breathing life into a guy. He believed in a guy enough to stand up for him, and then to go out and to breathe life and encouragement out on the road as they ministered to people. Well, guess what happened? The next time their, their paths crossed, John Mark re-earned his favor with Paul, and he ended up writing the book of Mark, one of our gospels. We have way more information from the life of Mark than we do that from, uh, from Barnabas, and yet we know that Barnabas was a catalyst for his growth. He was sunshine shining in as a source of energy and encouragement in the life of Mark. It's really fun. Before we go any further, I want to just throw out a handful of reasons why we failed to encourage. So I was just processing this. I'm like, what are the reasons where, uh, why I miss these opportunities to be an encouragement to people? And here's a handful. It's not an exhaustive list, but something to think about. Number one is we're unaware of or underestimate the power of encouragement. And it is my goal this morning to firmly establish how powerful the gift is and what a blessing it can be in your life. Second one is insecurity. I think this is a real big one because uh, what the enemy wants to do is he wants to quiet you in your spirit. He wants to say that your words don't matter or he or she wouldn't care what you think anyway, or what you have to say, it's not that big of a deal. Sometimes being encourager requires courage. Next one. The spiritual muscle hasn't been exercised. So like I said, 
if every believer's got a toolbox of gifts that they can use to build up the body of believers, you've got to practice with those gifts. When I was early in marriage, I was not very handy. I think I owned one power drill and a flathead screwdriver and a Phillips head screwdriver. And because of a tight budget, one by one, I added to my tool list and I learned how to be handy and how to work with wood and how to fix drywall. And one thing after another, my toolbox got bigger and I became more skilled with the set of tools that were in it. Now, I'm no Byron Joplin, but I'm a, I'm, I'm a work in progress. All right, here's the next one. And then uh, a pers- your personal desire for glory and accolades overpower our willingness to encourage others. And this one, just to boil it down, this is just our sinful nature. And as I reflect on my life, I see this playing out in teams that I was on. When I would see other people have success, it made me jealous in my heart wanting to have that same success. I see it playing out in the academic field or in the professional field or on a band that you might be in. And when we see others who are thriving and doing well, and you feel that that sour feeling in your heart of jealousy, for us as who are believers, that, that should actually act as a reminder. Lord, forgive me for this crummy flesh, and then I spring into action. Isn't that great? So what Satan intends for evil in your life, God can use for good. Let it be a reminder. It's time for me to go encourage. And there's one more that I thought of as I was driving here that I think has been a big issue in my life is I'm, I'm not an encourager when I'm unhealthy. When I'm tired, stressed out, anxious, angry, and you can add to the list. But when we're unhealthy, we don't have any fuel in the tank to give to anybody else. And so a big part of being a great encourager is living a healthy lifestyle and making adjustments as you need to in order to be able to give people uplifting care. So uh, what I want to do now, let's go to the scriptures and I want to build out just the biblical foundation, our theological stance of, of why. Why are we encouragers? What's God's purpose in encouragement and how can it play out? And so we're going to look at a handful of scriptures to build that foundation. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you also are doing. So Paul, he's charging the church at Thessalonica. He's saying, as you encourage each other, you're actually building each other up in your faith. Every time you, you whisper an encouragement into somebody's life, it's bolstering their faith. And so what this results in is spiritual growth. Next passage, Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. And let's consider how to encourage one another in love and good deeds. In other translations, this word encourage says spur on. And I love that word, to spur on. And what that means is that, that the people that the author of Hebrews is writing to, they have some spiritual momentum. And what he's charging, <clears throat> excuse me, charging us is to come behind them and put some wind in their sails to help them build spiritual momentum in their lives. He goes on, not abandoning our own meeting together, as is the habit of some people, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. This is the passage I always think about Ted using at the end of the pandemic. Hey, it's time to get back together. We need to draw together and build each other up in the context of community. 
So we gain spiritual momentum. Next one, Proverbs 18, 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. This is referring to the spiritual power that encouragement has. As you study the book of James, you'll see James talk about the tongue quite a bit. In fact, a good part of that five-chapter book, small little book, he talks a lot about the tongue. And he uses a handful of analogies to help us understand the power of the tongue. One of the ones I love is he says, the tongue is like the rudder that steers a giant ship. In other words, your, your words have so much power that they can change the trajectory of somebody's life. A sentence, a paragraph, a 15-minute conversation can steer an entire ship to head a different direction. Another analogy he uses was that of a flame. A flame just at the end of a lighter, at the end of a match, seems somewhat inconsequential. But you know that, that a flame can start a fire. And it can be both healthy and unhealthy, Regardless, we need to know that the the words of our mouth, that they are powerful and potent. They have spiritual power. Romans 15, 1 and 2. It says, We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good, to build them up. I love this passage because those of us who have hope, an eternal hope that's fixed on Christ. In the midst of hardship and trials and tribulation, all the difficulty happening in our world today, you can stand on the solid foundation of your hope in Christ. And that gives you strength. And in that strength, your interactions with a world who doesn't have such a firm stance. Without any faith, there's, there is no hope in a better future. And what you get to do is is you get to offer up through encouragement strength to those who are weak. What that is, that that offers spiritual influence. And that's where I I go back to that, that idea of phototropism. You get to be the sunlight in your neighbor's lives or in the lives of your server or in the lives of the, the, the guy who changed your tires. Or, or in the people, just in the aisles at Walmart, you get to be a source of encouragement. And when you are, people will draw near to you. They'll come to the sunshine. And that gives you spiritual influence. Here's the last one. Proverbs eleven twenty five: A generous person will prosper. And whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Um... I love this one. And really, it's, this, this proverb, it, it gives you an affirmation for your encouragement. In other words, he's saying that when, when you speak encouragement into somebody's life, it will be refreshing to them. Like they'll have a, like a physical, emotional response. But in that interaction, you too will gain blessing from, from it. I had to... Um, I think it was probably like a week ago. I had an interaction with a young guy um, who I work with. And I, my eyes have been on him. He's just been doing an amazing job. 
And um, I was driving on my four-wheeler and I rode by him. And I was thinking in my head what an awesome job he had been doing. His name is Jack. And my daughter, Lulu, the day before, she had grabbed me and she said, Jack Hardcastle's a great leader. And I said, why, why do you think that? She's 12 years old. And she says, because he's always doing the right thing. And I thought that in my head and I slammed on my brakes and I turned around and I rode back. I sat next to Jack and I said, Jack, I need to tell you a story. You know what my daughter thinks about you? She thinks you're a great leader. And I said, I asked her why. And she said, it's because you're always doing the right thing. And you know what, Jack? I think the same thing. I agree with her. And he's a big strapping guy, but his face, like his face flushed with blood and his grin turns up and his chest opens up. And like I could see his countenance lifted. And you know, it blessed him so much that it blessed me in return. And I drive away thinking, I'm like, God, thank you so much for not allowing me to miss that blessing. I drove 50 yards past it. But when we refresh others, we receive refreshment in return. So here's what I want to do. There's our biblical foundation. You can see as these, these really build on each other. Spiritual growth, spiritual momentum, spiritual power, spiritual influence, and spiritual refreshment. Well, what I want to do is I want to just give you some practicals, some practical ways that you can be an encouragement. And this is not an exhaustive list, but I'm going to rattle through these as an example. What I want you to do while I do it is I want you to think about your context. How can I play this out in my marriage relationship or within my home? How do I play it out in the locker room with my team or in the hallways at school? How do I play it out professionally in my professional life or on the golf course when I meet the guys on Monday mornings? And so uh, we'll, we'll go through these and I want you to personalize each one of them. So here's the first one. A person's first name is the most beautiful word in the English language. Isn't that great? Y'all know the feeling of when somebody who you admire walks up and calls you by name. In particular, when you, when you think they don't know your name, but when they call you by name, there's just something about it that's powerful. I've got an Uncle Steve. He happens to share the same name with my uh, succulent. Uh, <laughs> we have a lot of Steves in our life. We had a goat named Steve, and now we're on our third cat named Steve, two uncles and a succulent. Um, Steve, big part of the, our life. Um, but my uncle Steve, he's just this, he's a humble, small town guy, Alito, Illinois, population 3,000, worked at John Deere his whole career. But, you know, I see him about once a year, and it's typically on, you know, for Christmas, we're standing in his kitchen. And when Uncle Steve talks to you, he says your name over and over again in the conversation. And, it, you know, I'll ask him a question, he'll say, Well, Shay, and then he'll go on and give it, and, he'll say, and you know what else, Shay? Do, 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 do. And there is something about when Uncle Steve says my name, I'm a 40-year-old man, and my heart is swelling. You know, I'm like, he knows my name, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, he's known you since you were one. Um, but there's just power in that, and I don't even know what it is. But I think as, as a body of Christ, this is an easy one. 
that we can work on. A lot of times people say, well, I'm bad at names. Don't let that be an excuse. Yeah, we all are. But don't let that be an excuse to create opportunities to be a blessing and be an encouragement. Here's the next one. What is celebrated will be repeated. This is a great one. So um, I, I worked at a, a landscaping nursery in high school. So during the year, I would work part-time, and all summer long, I was full-time, and I'd do landscaping projects. And uh, one Saturday, I had watered all the plants in the nursery, and I, I really didn't have anything else to do. All my coworkers were in the back there smoking cigarettes and just talking. And, and so I was just kind of like wandering around trying to be productive, and I just started pulling the deadheads off of the flowers in the annual section and some of the dead leaves. And, and I really was kind of insecure. Like I didn't know if I was doing the right thing or if I was just like wasting time. And my boss, Mike, yep, he was also the owner, but he comes up to me and he puts his arm around my shoulder and he begins to affirm me and thank me for doing what I was doing. He goes on to tell a story of how when, when he was a young guy, he had the same thing happen owner or manager of the nursery came alongside him and encouraged him and showed him that when you pluck, pluck those dead heads, that new growth comes. It looks better. Customers buy them up. And so I just got a load of encouragement for that kind of little random act. Well, guess what I did the rest of my career when I ran out of things to do at that nursery? I went back to the well of encouragement, right? And, and, I mean, it's just so true. What was celebrated was repeated. And in me, he built a great lesson and he produced a better worker and a better teammate. Next one. Encouragement is like rain. It brings things to life. And this is the way I think about it. Is that God makes us uh, unique. And everybody's got these little gifts. And I just kind of see them as seeds that have been planted in your heart. And a lot of times we have a hard time seeing our own gifting. It's kind of like that plant that's grown crooked with, you know, it's only getting one source of sunlight. But when you're operating in the context of a community, you can catch sunlight coming from all angles. And, and then when you come into an interaction with someone and you have some perspective and you see something in them, you can water that seed and God will produce fruit out of it. Um, a couple days ago, I was sitting with a young guy who's studying finance. He's like, his, his explanation of what he's studying was belabored. Like, it was like, I could see the life being sucked out of him as he's talking through it. But I've been around this young guy long enough to know, I really think he's got a future in youth ministry. And I'm thinking this the whole time he's talking about finance. And he gets to the end of that conversation, and he kind of says, but recently I've really been thinking a lot about ministry and I said, you know what? I have two. And God gave me a little window in his life to speak that encouragement and put some water on that seed. And I'd be willing to bet that he'll be doing youth ministry here in a couple years. He might even change his major. All right, next one. <laughs> encouragement celebrates God's design. Um, I've got a, I'm just going to show you a video of one of my very special children, and we'll talk about it. Do you ever look at someone and wonder, what is going on inside their head?
That is Piper June Robbins. And she's a real piece of work. You know, I can look at a lot of my kids and kind of have a, a sense of like where they're going, what their gifts are, what they might do professionally. But Piper, I look at and I'm like, what is God going to do with you? She's incredible. And one of the sayings at the Robbins house is God had a great idea when he thought of you. And unfortunately, in junior high and in high school, there is an all out assault on God's creation and being individuals. Everybody's trying to conform and to fit into this box or that box. And, and I really think the church has a big role in our community to speak life and encouragement in God's design, the uniqueness of the way kids are made in this community. And, and you all need to know, and I really think especially for the older generation in here, your words and experience and you seeing something in a kiddo and just celebrating how unique and creative they are, it's going to do nothing but help them bloom. There's just a ton of power in that. Next one. Encouragement brings joy. Um, you know, this one's easy. It doesn't, really doesn't need much explanation. That, that when someone comes to you and they speak life into you, it fills your cup. We're in desperate need of positivity in our world today. And you can be that. Next one, encourage motivates and criticism kills. This is another one I'm really passionate about. So as a result of coming out of a two-year pandemic, um, in so many ways, our society has been immobilized. And I think in particular of young people who, um, who have been holed up and had every reason not to take chances. And, and as a result, we're coming out of a pandemic and everybody's kind of foot is on the brake. And, and now more than ever in our lifetime, we need to be a voice of encouragement, the kind of encouragement that motivates people to go climb mountains, to try new things, to get out there and make a difference. And, and the, the, the church in this community, I mean, as big as this body of Christ is, as many people who come on a Sunday morning, we can reach our whole community in a week. And, and the influence that we have on all of the, the tourists that are coming to our town, we can influence them and then launch them back in their worlds. I mean, this church can affect the world this week. That's not hyperbole. That's real life. We have that capacity. And here's the last one. Encouragement paves the way for gospel conversations. And I just want to share a story to illustrate this last point. Um... Sometime this year, Ashley and I were, we were on a date night and we were getting basted. That's barbecue, people, all right? Uh, we love getting basted. Wish we could more. Um, but anyway, we were, we were getting basted and our server, you know, they were pretty busy and the server was coming up and uh, every t interaction we had with her, she was apologizing to us. And, I, I and we kept telling her, oh, don't be sorry. You know, like, we don't have any kids we're in no rush. Let's milk this thing for all it's worth. And 
but she just kept up. I mean, she just kept apologizing. And I've been around enough hurting people to know that if somebody is apologizing over and over again, falling all over themselves, it's because somebody in their life has beat them up and told them that they're not good enough and that there's nothing that they can do to be good enough. And we finished our meal and um, Ashley and I both felt the spirit just guiding us to have a conversation with her. And so we just grabbed her and said, listen, you're, you know, you, you owed us no apology. And I kind of wonder if you were apologizing because somebody had hurt you in your life and tears pour out and then feelings pour out just like that. And Ashley and I got to sit there with this gal and in the middle of getting basted. And, and the things that she shared with us were from the most intimate place in her heart. I mean, they're just, you just can't even describe feelings more raw than what she shared with perfect strangers. And, and it was encouragement that paved the way for that for that gospel conversation. And we, you know, I, I am, I'm, I'm among you who feel the burden to share the gospel, but feel awkward in getting into it. And I can tell you that this gospel conversation was as natural as you could imagine. It took just a little bit of courage to care about somebody and speak up. And then God took care of the rest. He just did. And, and so I want to leave you with that encouragement that your role, number one, in, in our church body, that you take it seriously, that you have a role to build up this body. There's all kinds of ways to do that, but encouragement is one that we all can band together and wield this tool and become skilled in it. And this church is influential enough in this community to saturate the, the Tri-Lakes area with sunshine. This world needs some sunshine, and we get to be it. If you would, let's go ahead and stand together, and we'll have a prayer and ask God to help us. Father, we just come to you um, thankful that we get to be a team, that you brought these people together, and um, this is just not a, a, a place to come on a Sunday morning and check a box, but it's a body of believers that's growing together, and I, I, hope that, or I ask that you would help us to do that even more so. I want to pray that we would be commissioned this morning to go out and be encouragers. There might be some words on our heart that we've been meaning to speak for a long time and we just haven't taken the time to sit down and write it in a note and put it in the mail or to pick up the phone and make a call or even shoot a simple text message. Our words, they matter. And I just pray that we'd wield them well. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.